Kia ora tātou, ngau mai hoki mai ki te Māori Engineering Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Māori Engineering Podcast. Today we are joined by Jamie Pai. Jamie is a graduate from Te Whariwānanga Utamaki Makaurau with an electrical engineering degree and is now an infrastructure project manager. Jamie touches on things like what it means for more Māori to be within engineering, the importance of support for tauira Māori within the engineering studies through kaupapa such as SPIES, and also what it means to find the discomfort when it comes to incorporating te Māori within the industry. I really loved what Jamie had to say and I know that it'll be really valuable to be put out on this platform so I'm really excited to get on into it. With that I would like to touch on thank you so much for the messages that have been received in regards to asking where the next podcast is coming or when the next podcast is coming. I did take a bit of time off uh, during exams and things like that but I'm so excited to get back into the swing of things. My wairua is charged and I'm really excited to get going again really. There are amazing people within the industry that are lined up to be on this podcast. So with that, ngamihi nui kia koutou. Enjoy this episode e whānau. Kia ora rā tātou. He honore, he korore ki te atua, he maungaronga ki te whenua, he whakaaro paikina tangata katoa, hangi i te atua i nā kahau, ki roto ki tēnā ku tēnā o mātou. Whakatonga i te waro tapu, he ia whena, he tohutau i a mātou, he aku hoki i nā mahi mō tēnā i rā. Āmene. Āmene. Tēnā koe. Tēnā koe, Jamie. Um, ngā mihi ki a koe and harimai ki te Māori and Engineering Podcast. I am so stoked to have you on here. Um, as a guest, we've crossed paths a few times and I'm love what, I love what you have to say and I think what you have to say will be really valuable to be put out there. So, kia ora. Kia ora. Tēnā koe um, Thank you for having me. Alrighty, we're cracking on into it. Um, Jamie Pai, uh, ngō hia koe. Uh, ko hāti ātia awa, ko parihaka te maunga, ko ngā toki matawharua te waka, ko ngā tihau te hapu, ko ngā puhi te iwi, ko James Pai, rāwa ko Linda Phillips o Kumatua, ko Jamie Pai tuku ingoa, i whānau mai au ki Tamaki Makaurau, i tipuake au ki Tamaki Makaurau, uh, kei Tamaki Makaurau en, enoho ana. Tēnā koe. So, yeah, your place of connection, Tamaki Makaurau? Kao. Uh, yeah, um, no te tai tokiro ahau. Aye, aye. I feel um, my place is te tai tokiro, my place is Whangare um, and Whangaruru. But yeah, I mean, I've spent a lot of time in Tamaki Makoto. <laughs> I do feel connected here. It's, it's yeah. where I've been my whole life. Cool. Yeah, what's your story? What's your role within the engineering space here? Uh, yeah, so um, at the moment, I am a I've just recently started as a project manager uh, for a company called RCP, who are um, project management consultants. So we work with a whole range of different clients, and I'm working in the industrial, in the industrial client kind of team. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm finding <laughs> it really cool. Um, before that, so my journey today has been: um, I was I studied as an electrical engineer. I spent um, my first couple of years as a control systems engineer um, and then I moved over to do to consulting to do electrical design um, and there I spent I spent about seven years there mm-hmm. and mostly working in the water industry but doing electrical design for the water industry so yeah and I've just recently kind of moved away from electrical um, to project management um, yeah just to try something a bit broader different kinds of projects and also as I trying to merge my 
engineering side and my te ao Māori side. Cool. So pursuing project management, um, how, how is that enabling your te ao Māori side and your engineering side to be connected? I'll go back a bit. I started, <laughs> um, I, start, I decided to do engineering because I felt like, well, I heard, um, I, we had some girls come to our high school and say, oh, you know, if you're good at maths, if, you, if you're good at physics, then you can be an engineer. Um, and what engineers do is that they um, they use these skills to help people and to give back. And, you know, we heard these examples about, you know, building bridges and sorting out water supplies and stuff like that. And I thought at the time, I was like, oh, this sounds awesome. Like, I want to give back to people I want to help. And I always did engineering with the intention of giving back, you know, giving back to my people, giving back to my family. And <laughs> unfortunately... It hasn't quite been like that. Um, the the field of engineering that I chose, electrical engineering, it's not as um, the the ways to give back aren't immediately there. Um, and so I've sort of just done my work and learnt and been moving on. And I felt like in these projects that I'm working on, like especially in the water space, that there were um, opportunities to kind of consult with um, iwi and have those kinds of conversations but the need for I've, I'm never invited into those into those places and I'm never able to advocate for iwi on on the design team side because I'm not involved in that and I felt like um, the step towards project management was a way for me to be able to um, be in places where I can advocate for Māori and um, in those big projects and yeah have an influence that way. Oh, yeah. In terms of just from a student perspective, mm. I've been having a lot of conversations with people who are studying electrical engineering mm-hmm. and don't even in regards to like the water space. Um, mm. Could you maybe just touch on briefly on how an electrical engineer could be within the water space? I am um, um, just nothing. Yeah. yeah. So um, what I would do is. Um, for all sorts of um, water infrastructure, so for treatment, treatment plants, pump stations, and also for um, hydroelectric plants where we're generating electricity, all of those items require different levels of um, electrical design. So for a pump station, you need um, you know, to power the pumps and control the pumps, and the same, same sort of uh, philosophy applies to treatment plants where you need to control the process. You work with mechanical engineers and process engineers to control the process and to make sure their power is in the right places around the plant and make sure that everything works correctly and is also displayed um, for the control room operators mm-hmm. so that they're able to control the plant remotely. And then for hydroelectric, the same thing in reverse. So they just have, instead of pushing water uphill, there's water coming through and electricity is um, generated. So all the same um, sort of design is required. It's just the process is going in reverse from a pump station. Ah, interesting cool yeah. I, I didn't know that so thank you <laughs> yeah that's okay very cool um so how has your journey with te ao Māori been so um I've um oh, sorry I'll go all the way back to the start mm-hmm. I my me and my all my cousins we went to Kohangareo so we all went we learned te reo Māori there we spoke te reo Māori during the day and we came home and we learned English and we spoke English at home and um, so we had a, my family were 
had a very like typical urban Maori experience where my great grandmother, my great grandmother, had moved away from Northland uh, and then you know raised her children there without. Well, she had Hudel beaten out of her. She moved away from um, from her her iwi. She married a Pakeha man, and she brought up her kids without Te Ao Māori. I mean, I say that, but okay, without Te Reo Māori, I will say, because we still always went back to, um, you know, visit family, and we went to the Marae, and we went, you know, there was, we always felt connected to Northland, but I think um, there was a, a gap there that by sending us to Kohangareo, we sort of started to rebuild that um the connection that had been broken with Te Reo. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, unfortunately, after we all went to Kohangareo, um, we went to mainstream primary school. And so slowly we lost Aureo, um, which was a, a big source of, you know, sadness for myself. And I'm, I know for my family as well that we had all been there and had it and then we didn't. Um, and so... I, about four years ago, I started a journey to go back and relearn my deal. So that was really, um, that's been a really cool journey for me to be on. Um, I'd finished uni and I sort of was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do this now. This is the time. And it's been, I've been sort of going strong ever since. So in doing, in doing my relearning deal and um, having, you know, kind of already being on the engineering path, I sort of slowly felt like these two parts of me, you know, the engineer side and my te ao Māori side was kind of slowly moving together. And I think um, doing, relearning my deal has given me the kind of confidence to, in, in my previous company, to sort of stand up and be like, no, this is wrong and this is how we should do things. And um, I know it shouldn't be like that where you feel like you need your deals to be able to do that, but it does give you a sense of um, kaha in your Māori mm. sanga to, mm. to sort of have that and be like, yes, no, I know what I'm doing is right and I know what I'm saying is right. and Yeah, yeah, an ability to so, step, step into your Māori tanga as well. Mm, like it's I, a tool for that, right? Yeah. So that's what it's been so far and I'm hope, sort of hoping that with this new role and the ability to be in spaces where... Um, I'm able to advocate for Māori on, in regards to these, you know, big projects. Um, that that will kind of slowly the two sides will become closer and closer. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, when you say advocate for Māori, are there any examples you could share um, in regard to what that would look like? I think about, um, you know, Ihumato mm. and Putiki. And I think about how those those projects have gone through the I put in quotes correct um, process, mm. um, and still our people are sort of pushed out. They're not able to you know be kaitiaki on their own whenua. They're not able to advocate for the taiao, and we're in these situations where technically. Um, legislation has been followed, but um, still the, the answer is wrong and mm. people are 
that's the kind of thing that I feel like if there are there are multi people in the in in the room when these decisions are sort of being made, then perhaps we are, would be less likely to end up in these situations where our people are being wronged and our the land is being taken away or the the wrong thing has been is being done. Yeah, mm. that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, very fair because. Yeah, you can see, or, or yeah, I um, it's a whole goes back to the tick box thing, right? You're ticking a box, you're mm. following the legislation, but actually, no, with what's in you're front not, of you, you're not doing what is right, and you're not you're mm. not acting as a, as a treaty partner, and you're not working with Mana Whenua to do what is right, to do mm. what is right for the land, to do what is right for the people, to do what is right for the environment. I feel like if <laughs> I'm only one person. I'm not under, under the illusion that I can change everything, but I feel like if there had been multi people in the room at the time when these decisions were being made, then maybe we wouldn't, we wouldn't quite have got there. Hi. Yeah. So Millie, not a question then. How do we get more Māori in those rooms? Mm. I think there's so many things. There's, there are so many things that affect our people mm. and there are so many issues and we're always, we're always at the negative end of every statistic, you know, and there's, I think about education as a huge one where the sort of, le- when you think about the leaks out of the pipeline for, for STEM careers, it's, it starts at education. That's kind of one of the earliest ones where people feel like they're not good at maths or they're not inherently good at science or they're not this or they're not that. Mm. I think that's a huge one where, um, yeah, where people, I think there's a huge, yeah, going back to that, it's, there's a huge bias. I think a lot of teachers hold bias against Maori students where they think they're not as clever. Um, and I think when we can get rid of that, then, okay, cool, Maori students will go along and be good at what they're good at and not what they're not. I'm not saying every Maori student has to be an engineer. I'm just saying they shouldn't be discouraged from mm. doing things that they shouldn't be shut out at really early ages. And then... I think, yeah, that's the biggest one that I feel like we have an influence over that we can change, that we can go into schools and we can say, hey, look, you can be an engineer. I'm a Māori engineer. You can be too, you know, just if you want to be, this is the way to do it. Because I feel like just hmm, when people feel, I mean, there's, there's other things as well. Like when you look and you see that there's, there are Māori engineers, that's a whole other thing. When you're going through uni and you see, oh, I know some engineers or I know these people, like that just makes such a huge difference. So the more of us there are, I feel like mm. will help build, build and open the pipeline of people coming up because you don't feel like you're alone. You don't feel like, oh no, I don't know any Māori engineers or I don't see any Māori engineers. I think hopefully it builds and it builds and it grows. And yeah, as we go. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Last time we talked, we talked about the ripple effect, how you mm. support one person and then when you support yes. that one person, the next person beside them is affected and then so on and so on. So that support there is, I think. Yeah, I mean, even doing stuff like, um, you know, you do, I, I make a point to do the Wanderer Project and kind of Māori, mostly Māori schools, schools with a high proportion of Māori students. And even doing that, I'm not saying I want all of them to be engineers. I just mm. want them to know that they can be engineers. And then when they know that then that becomes a possible career for that they talk about in discussion with their friends. You know, I think about the fact that I got to, 
like 16 and I'd never even heard of an engineer, you know? Mm-hmm. And to think that hopefully these children, they understand, okay, this, these are the kinds of things that engineers do and this is the sort of stuff. And they, these, are the, these are the subjects that you have to do to get there. I think that um, that has probably more of an effect than you spending time, you know, with those students. You know, it just becomes a, a topic, a normal topic to talk about. Mm, 100%. And that, yeah, like, like we said, that ripple effect kind of continues on. Mm, aye. When you were going into engineering or starting out, studying engineering, yeah. was there anyone that you saw um, within the industry that kind of represented what you held value to and you saw that person, you were like, since they're doing it, I can do it as well? Um, I think in my first job, I didn't um, – for this question, I'm going to group in mm. Māori and Pacifica together mm. because okay. I was lucky enough to go to, um, you know, Auckland University and have the spies group around me. And so there was a big, it was really cool to see and know people in the industry through through spies, you know, someone's already graduated before me or um, those were the people that I saw. I think now, like, now, like one of the people that I really look up to is Troy. You know, I, I didn't meet him Im- immediately, but he also went through spies. But to see him out there as like a, a beacon of like, this is Te Ao Māori in engineering. That's just so, it's so amazing to have that. Um, I know you probably feel the same, that yeah. we're just so lucky to have a person like that. Um, you know, in for me, I'm still quite early on in my career to see that, um, you know, in practice, how he is able to navigate um engineering and tell Māori together mm. yeah All right. support within spies how yeah. important or how valuable was that for you during your undergrad oh my god it was so amazing <laughs> I was um we were just so so lucky um and I didn't realize until probably this year I was talking about my experience with some current spy students and I just reflecting black reflecting back was just like wow that actually made such a huge difference. Like we had, before we went into uni, on we before our orientation weekend of first year, we went away, we met up as a group together and we went away to Amarai for a weekend. And so through that, um, you're able to make some friends, you meet your mentor who, you, who was going to kind of be with you through your, through your first year and be there to support you. And just that was just so amazing to meet this whole other group of um Maori and Pacifica students because you don't realize until you're in there that oh actually there aren't many mm. and you're sort of like uh, uh but then you're looking around and you, you actually have familiar faces and you know people and you you feel these connections because you've spent this time together and I just think that was just such an amazing way to make a gentle step into in, into this new space I feel like had I done that without, had I done it without the support of spies, I would have just felt even more lost than I already did. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't know anyone who had been to uni. I felt, I'm sure I would have felt lost and confused and like it wasn't right for me. Um, and like I wasn't, I didn't belong there, but I absolutely had the sense of, okay, these are my people. Like these are my friends. Yeah. I'm, you know, like I've, I've got this, I've got some people that I know and, okay cool I'm gonna be okay like it just did so much to make you feel comfortable 
and make you feel like you belong there. Um, that you, I, like I said, I didn't even realize until so much later that, I mean, and through, through talking to yourself about like the experience mm. of um, students at University of Canterbury, like they don't quite have the same support structure there for, um, for engineering students. And I think I would love to see that that's, um, you know, replicated across other, you know, tertiary in- institutions. Yeah, same. I'm always so jealous when I hear about mm-hmm. spies from like Troy and yourself and other yeah. people who have been connected. I think having a place of belonging and a place of identity in such a unknown environment mm. is in, like insane. And it's just such a massive sense of support. And okay, mm. this is what we do. This is how we go about it. Um, these are the these are the things we do. You know, you get like support through your first year of like how are you going how you do you understand the concepts because you know it's all very um it can all be so so much like mm-hmm. I feel like um this goes back to the point before where you don't know any engin- oh I, I went into engineering not knowing any engineers so you don't even really I didn't really know what I was getting into I thought okay cool I know maths I know physics I'm gonna be an engineer <laughs> but really there's all these concepts that are just like people who have parents who are engineers just get it because they've talked about it with their parents and they know the concepts and it's not unfamiliar. And I think when you're in this, I don't want to say that everyone in Spies has that, um, Mm. has that same experience, but I'm going to guess that a lot of us do that. A lot of us were the first engineers in our family or the first engineers didn't know any older engineers. Um, And to have that kind of extra support to kind of become confident and, these different concepts that you're learning that are completely foreign to you, I think is really cool. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. So did you have a mentor, um, like a one-on-one mentor, just logistics wise? I'm just curious here. Yeah. So we <laughs> had, I think it was because of the numbers, cause it was mm-hmm. sort of growing at the time we had one with two. So, um, oh, cool. my, um, mentor I shared with one other person. So that was, yeah. And were they also, also engineering students? Yeah, so mine was a chemical, she was a chemical um, engineering student. And she was, I think, they were older. I don't know if they were second or third year, maybe third year at the time, mm-hmm. but older than us. So I had just sort of been through it before. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, they walked, walked the same paths as you. So, mm. you know, you can, that's awesome. Yeah. So you Very can reach cool. out to them for help and what study, with whatever. So. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, so yeah, with, that knowing the support that you had then, um, what would you tell your first yourself? I would tell myself, you belong here. I always felt like I didn't belong. I spent the whole, I spent my first year feeling like I didn't belong there. There was a couple of reasons. Like I mentioned before, I kind of got there and I looked around and I thought, oh my God, a lot of these engineering boys have engineering dads. And they do engineering hobbies on the weekend together. And I don't do that. I don't have that. And I felt like, oh, my God. And it kind of, it goes, it comes down to the way that they speak to you. They're like, oh, you don't, you don't do this. You don't do this. And I thought, oh, crap. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And I'm not. And I'm like, so I, should I even be here? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I had some people say that I sh- I wasn't going to make it as an engineer. And I really, I, I had a lot less confidence then than I do now, but mm-hmm. that really rocked me. I thought, Oh, why, why would these people say that? You know, 
I've, I knew I was smart. I was confident. I was like, okay, I know maths. I'm really good at maths mm. and I'm really good at physics. So why would these people go and say that I I'm not going to make it as an engineer? You know, I had someone tell me, you, you've gone to girls' school and you think you get told that girls can do anything, but actually you can't. And that what? really stuck with me. Yeah. Like my first year and I was, it was only when I sort of got in there and then I'd done my first round of exams and I was getting A pluses and I thought, okay, I, I actually can do this. I'm not, I'm not in the wrong place, but yeah. Yeah. I would tell myself like you belong here. You, you're, it's fine that you're here. You're in the right place. Yeah. Cool. Cause I had such a sense of, yeah, of not being sure that that was what I should be doing or that I deserved a space there or that I was, you know, that I had enough hobbies to be an engineer, you know, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> All of those things don't matter now. It doesn't matter that I don't do hobby projects, you know. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't make an ounce of difference to the work that I do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. As you went through, did you build that confidence? Like you were saying, um, getting your grades. Yeah, I'm I sort sure of would have been massive. I sort of like took my confidence from like the fact that I was getting good grades. I was like, oh, actually, mm. no, <laughs> hang okay. on a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, and uh, it's funny because a lot of the people who are like bold enough to say stuff like that, like, oh, you mm. don't. I would get better grades than them. And so I just quietly think to myself like, oh, okay, I should not listen to you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. That's yeah. really awesome, awesome for Cardo and advice. Yeah. I love that. Um, you touched on it a bit earlier, but now that you are in, in, uh, now that you are in the industry, mm. um, what would you change if you could in, in terms of two things, I suppose, in yeah. terms of enabling the incorporation of te ao Māori into engineering. Mm. And second thing would be how to encourage more Māori into engineering. Uh, I'll start with the first one. So <laughs> incorporating te ao Māori. Mm. I think if I could have my way, if I could click my fingers and like have something done, I would make it mandatory to have an education on Te Ao Māori before you started practicing as an engineer, like mm. whether that be through university. I know people come in, we have a lot of expats, um, you know, or people um, coming to New Zealand to work as engineers because we have a skill shortage. I would make it mandatory that you have some level of, you know, knowledge in Te Ao Māori and Te Tiriti and Māori, Māori tanga in general mm. um, before you were able to work. Um, as an engineer or and I would even sort of tie that into um, when you become a chartered engineer that there should be there is a there's there's a cultural competency aspect but I would make that a bit more regimented Mm. like that you had to have a level of um, knowledge of te ao Māori to to be working as an engineer that had to kind of continue on as you were working that it wasn't just like I don't not, I don't want not saying that I only want a one-off thing or, but that there had to be a level of knowledge there because I feel like that's the biggest. Well, that's the first step, right? Knowledge, mm. and then you can start doing building from that. But if you if you don't know, you you're ignorant. And a lot of people, unfortunately, it's not intentional, but they just don't know. Mm. They don't know um, the struggles. They don't know the history. They don't know the relationship. They don't know. The practices that um, our tupuna had, they don't know the value. I don't. I feel like lots of people just don't know the value of um, tau Māori and how that mm. can be applied to to engineering. Mm. And without that, it's very easy to just look at going back to Ikemata mm. 
and looking at the tick the box, oh, I followed the mm. what's in paper practice. Okay. But if you don't know the value of it, you're not going to do what is right in that sort of space. Yeah, if they don't understand, then, yeah, they can't do what what is right. Um, well, um, they, they actually can. But by, <laughs> by knowing, then yeah. they are more likely to do what is right, right? Mm. If you have an understanding, then a true understanding, then you are more more likely to sort of act in the in the right way. Aye. Aye. And there was the second part to your question, which was how do we get more Māori into engineering? Mm. Mm. I think just, I think um, programs like um, the Wonder Project, you know, aimed at getting, you know, teaching kids what engineering is, um, inspiring the future, th- those kind of um, educational programs, I think are just amazing. And if we can get more Māori out there in front of kids to show them I am a Māori engineer. I think that has such a, such a big impact for, um, on children. You know, if you aren't going to naturally meet an engineer through your family, through your parents, through your family friends, then something like that at like a really young age to just show, Oh, this is what an engineer is. And these are the kinds of things. I think that just makes such a big difference educationally. And I think, um, yeah, I think I'll just stick with that. That's the biggest, I think, I feel like that's the biggest place where we can kind of change the numbers. More exposure into what engineering More is. exposure and then going into things like making things like spies or that support available everywhere we go. You know, not it doesn't have to be just because I go to, um, you know, Auckland University that I'm lucky to have that support there. I want it to be that sort of support to be available everywhere, you know, if, at all um educational institutions like mm-hmm. if we acknowledge that there's a problem with the with the representation then we need to support the people who are coming through until until we don't have a problem anymore right mm-hmm. i think um even i mean we haven't really talked about like support as you enter the workforce i don't really know what that looks like but um I'd love That's to my know. Next <laughs> yeah. I'd love to know. Um, I think I'd love to know what ways that we can support, um, you know, young engineers as they're sort of starting out their journeys. Because even if you have a group like Spies, when you go into the industry, it's so, you're so, there's so, it feels like there's so few of us out there. And you might, so I worked at a place where, there were only, you know, three other Māori um, in the office and you're thinking, oh, like, where are my people, you know? Um, I'm not sure what the answer is to that one, that support. I think there are amazing um, kaupapa like um, Chiputua and I see that they do some really, really cool work um, to support students and to sort of, foreign sort of corporate spaces and they're able to give give them prep training and give the companies that they're going into training i would love to kind of make that available anywhere anywhere where these um you know multi engineers are going into the workforce that i think that would be so amazing to have that level of support and that level of education because you know there's an education piece where the student is coming into and then there's a sort of confidence building and navigation 
piece of this is how this this space operates Mm. and these are the kinds of things that are valued and you know I think I think back to something that one of my colleagues um who was someone went through where she was saying that she didn't feel comfortable sharing or interrupting in a meeting because that's rude you know we don't do that and her managers just said to her well you you can't be successful if you don't share your ideas okay yeah and I think you know if we if if we put that like a little bit of an educational lens if we Mm. could say on you know in Maori and Pacific cultures you don't button you don't talk when someone older than you is speaking you don't do those kinds of things then maybe he could have been like invited her to speak you know Nicole what do you think you know Jamie what do you think I think that's the kind of value of that cultural competence and I guess for the student it's just like okay yeah it might be rude at home to do that but these are the ways that you it's you can't feel like that um Mm -hmm. in these in these spaces that that's not um that's not a rule that applies in these spaces I suppose okay yeah it's funny I haven't thought about it like that in terms of yeah kind of shifting your yeah your the the value I suppose it's sort of it's such a hard thing yeah it's such a hard thing you know and when you're with your family and someone older than you is talking you absolutely don't do that that's so rude but I think in these sort of corporate spaces you if you're if you don't say something you're not heard and mm. if you don't share something, then people think, oh, oh, you don't have much to share or oh, she doesn't have an opinion or, you know, your ideas aren't heard because you're not able to share them. And I think that's just one of the ways, like when we were talking about barriers before, mm. that's another barrier is that when you're in these spaces that you have to behave sort of, you have to behave in ways that aren't natural, right? Mm. You have to do things that don't quite feel right. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you? In your gut. So having support to navigate. Yeah, I think sort of so. Space. I think cool. that's one way that we can help. Yeah. Mm, awesome. That's really cool. Um, to kind of yeah make that a bit more seam. Um, not transition, but yeah, make it a bit more seamless. I suppose. Make it yeah. Make it less less. I feel like there's a whole big value, sort of. Okay, you you leave those values at the door and you kind of, but really. Um, if these places and these teams can sort of open up and, you know, behave in a way that is te ao Māori. And that sort of goes back to the to the knowledge piece and to the cultural awareness piece before because, you know, when you're le- learning about, like, I don't know, manakitanga, kotahitanga, those, if you're really kind of getting an understanding of that, then you start to sort of do that in the teams that you're in, right? Um, I think, yeah, it all adds up, yeah. hopefully. What, yeah. what what do you think in terms of like having entered like a workplace? Do you think that would have helped you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think coming from such a lack of experience, <laughs> you're mm. trying to learn so much mm-hmm. very, very fast. And yeah. you're trying to hold true to your values of te ao Māori. And 
what you think is right and doing things and you're mm. yeah you're unsure on what is right and what is wrong in that space so you just kind yep. of you definitely do shy away and then um I think it is until you become more comfortable that yeah you're able to voice your opinions and voice your values a lot more and get that exposed out yeah. into the workplace but if people don't have this or if there isn't the support or if you're not the type of person who mm. feels comfortable over time and is just very easy to go to the desk and or go to the meeting and not say anything, pick up what you mm. need to pick up and go go about your work day, then it's going to be really hard to change within an industry or to change within that team or things like that. Um, yeah. And sort of going back to like yeah. to changing the this, it's not in that sort of context, it's not okay mm. to just sort of, increase the number of Maori people mm. in the room, you know, like there has to be a welcoming. There has to be, an, um, you have to be able to make um, those people feel comfortable to share, you know, otherwise you're not really having the voice. There's just bodies in the room. Mm. You're not hearing what, what needs to be said. hundred percent. And yeah. potentially controversial, not controversial, but, um, something that I think a lot of people don't like to talk about just because it is a little bit uncomfortable is when you do have Māori in the room and recently Matariki, mm. the first person to get asked about and first person to get, yeah, yeah, to be asked to give a spiel at the Ofsui mm-hmm. is going to be the Māori person. And yeah. knowing that that's not the best way to go about that as well, I no. think, because that, could make them uncomfortable, especially if they don't celebrate it themselves mm. within their whanau. Yeah, I think that's, um, I mean, there's lots of jokes about it online, you know, like when, when, <laughs> they, need, when they need an office karakia and they look at the, you know, it's like, I think, yeah, if you, you don't want to be the only person and you don't want to be, um, you don't want to be relied on for everything that's Māori tanga in that space, you know, mm. you don't want to be I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do the other thing. Anything that's vaguely Māori, I have to speak on. I think um, going back to that, like, you know, everyone learning, you know, if mm. everyone kind of shares the burden, you know, not, I don't want to say burden, no burden, the burden of every task, you know, mm. because, you know, if everyone learns about karakia and everyone learns our karakia, then you're not the only person who has to do the, every karakia in the office. Yeah. I think that's just a little, like a little example of how that education, if, if people kind of are able to educate themselves in te ao Māori, that they can contribute and that they don't, you're not then making the only person in the room feel like they have to do everything. Mm, 100%. 100%. So in terms of the best way to introduce te ao Māori day to day, is that, do you think, everyone learning the karakia at the start and things like that? How? I think, yeah. I think... I think use of like, you know, a little morena, you know, mm-hmm. using te reo where you can in the office, I think it's an easy way to sort of, sort of sprinkle it out there. <laughs> sprinkle, sprinkle, <laughs> yeah. sprinkle, yeah. Um, a little morena, a little, yeah. you know, atamarie. Yeah. Um, and then I think in my experience, in these sort of like non-Maori spaces, the best way to kind of get them implemented is to find the find the discomfort. Like a lot of people who aren't Māori feel uncomfortable, you know, attending a hui because they don't know what to do. They don't know 
what's right. And I think it's, it's easy to get education or to like get an education kind of initiatives over the line or approved when it's focused on your people here are feeling uncomfortable and they're not able to sort of perform well, you know, perform their role well um, without this education, without this, you know, knowledge. And I think using that, getting that um, sort of getting people that um, education and then taking that and implementing it. So, 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 uh, so it's like, you want to feel comfortable in a hui, let's make our hui, you know, te ao Māori base, you know, let's mm. open with a karakia, let's close with a karakia, let's bring tikanga Māori into this place. If, you know, it, it, I find that people are unfortunately more receptive to that when it, confronted with their own discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, that would be my way to do it. I was going to say, I think that's a really awesome um, kind of trigger point to say, find the discomfort, just even yeah. that as a liner, um, not even with Te Māori, but especially, yeah, and especially with yeah. Te Māori. Because, um, yeah, then it shows that your room for growth, it's not kind of shutting mm. out saying, if you aren't Māori, it's saying, yeah, if yeah. you're not Māori, a lot of the time you do get the Pākehā paralysis like Troy mm. was speaking about um, in, in the, a few episodes before. And yeah. a lot of the time you do shy away and you're like, no, I mm. have no potential here. I can't work on this. Um, mm-hmm. It's easy just to not do it. But if you say find the discomfort, then that's kind of giving an illusion that, or that's alluding to that if you work on it, it will become comfortable. I yeah. really love that. I think um, also for me, like it has been a way of – I really shy away from feeling like I'm the Māori person and I'm shoving everything Māori down people's throats. Like I really feel, I feel a bit like whakama when people ask me because I'm like, oh, I only want, I only want to sh- kind of share if I, to, when, when I know that you're receptive to hearing it. And mm-hmm. I think for me, that's helped me um, to be stronger and sharing because when I hear that people are, you know, they're struggling with this. I know that that's not right. There's a whole problem in there. But when I feel like that they have a problem and me sharing is helping them to solve it, I feel less like that people are going to, I yeah, I guess I, my fear is that people feel like, oh, you're the Māori person and you're shoving it down our throats. Yeah, and it's falling on deaf ears maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, when I know that, that people are open to it, they have a problem, then... I'm like, okay, cool, let's, you know, let's get into it. Let's solve this, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just like an engineer, problem-solving degree. Yeah. Problem-solving. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Cool. Um, so I suppose for an industry that is underrepresented by Māori and that is clear through statistics um, that we yeah, see today, why do you think this is? I think it kind of goes back to a, a couple of the things that we've touched on earlier. You know, there's... Mm-hmm we lose um, Māori through the education system where, I mean, I feel like Māori are more likely to be told that they're not going to be good at maths, that they're not clever, that they're not this, that they're not that. And losing that kind of confidence when you're really early on, that just has such a profound effect. And that's just not on engineers, but that's on Māori in general. And then if we think about going to that next level, getting into uni, being in this uncomfortable space 
that's another point where we probably lose quite a few Maori engineers who get into engineering, but then don't feel like it's the place for them or they don't feel they don't have the support systems to make sure that they succeed. And then again, we probably lose more, more engineers when we, when they graduate and they go into spaces where they're not feeling comfortable and they're not supported and they're probably, you know, I think about, um, that there are still in New Zealand, there are still so many racist people. And I think when you get roll up to a, a new job and you're the new person and imagine just having to deal with that, like upfront racism when you're mm. in work, I think we'd lose, we lose people like that as well. And I think there are all these kind of, all of these problems are systemic problems, you know, like education, support, racism. I think, all of those kind of add up to why we're, we're, why we don't see ourselves, you know, represented in the way that we should be. Hundred mm. yeah. percent. So with that, things come out of that then. Um, so support seeing people within industry, or seeing yeah. people like yourself reflected within yeah. the industry, for people to kind of yeah look up to and aim to, I suppose yeah. as well. Um, are all things that yeah tangibly could be done. Yeah, and I think there are things like sort of industry wide, like that I think are really positive, like the establishment of Tomata Aroi, the mm. like national fresh, fresh water policy statement, um, you know, requiring like having it legislated to have uh, like te ao Māori view and to look at things with a Māori lens. I think those are really sort of positive changes. That's sort of the work that we're talking about. Like, I think mm. it can be, I'm sure it must've been disheartening back in the day to kind of go through all of these obstacles, get into engineering and then sort of find out that, Oh my God, you know, I have to design this thing and it it just like absolutely ruins the environment or what, you know, Mm. to do things that absolutely kind of disagree with your values. I think, I think it's really positive that we have those things, you know, the, um, with the revision of the resource management act that I, lo- I love to see that they're, they're legislating that, you know, a Māori lens has to be sort of applied to all of these projects, all of this work that we do. And I, I realise my, um, all, all of my answers are very like water and, and um, infrastructure sort of based, but that's only because it's been my ex- experience. Mm. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it makes sense that water and infrastructure are also the frameworks that you- that's yeah. the, the examples I would have shared as well because it is, yeah, relationship between water, so like the yeah. environment and Te Ao Māori is inherent. So that makes a lot of I sense. remember sort of being so, I was horrified. I looked at like a pipeline route. This is in one of my very first jobs. I looked mm-hmm. at the route and it went through a cemetery and I was, I was sort of like, ugh, mm. you don't do that. That's, you just, you don't do that. Yeah. And sort of, I was like, well, has, has this been sort of like consented as this approved? And it was, and I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm shocked. And I can't imagine like, that was fairly recent. And I think about all the, the older engineers who have sort of been through this a long time ago, how, how many more things that they would have had to kind of come across that made them feel that weren't right, that didn't sit right with them. Yes. And just writing wrongs now is, I suppose, all we can do as well. Mm. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, going back to what you said, it's just um, 
the more there are of us, the more support we have, the more we're able to kind of connect with each other. I think that will, that only has a positive effect on the industry, on the things that we build, on, on others coming through, on younger people. I just think, um, yeah, the more we're able to kind of strengthen and improve our numbers, mm. the better. And that'll be sustainable as well. Strength in numbers and sustainability I, in numbers. Yeah, I think um, I was thinking before about how Altupana were, you said, you know, really good designers and engineers. And everything that they did was connected to the environment, was for, an, was for the betterment of the environment. And when I touch on like these policies and how, you know, it's written into legislation now that you have to leave the environment in a better place than how you find it. I think that's inherently Maori mm. to kind of look at the environment and think, how can I make this better? How do we, how are we connected to the system and how can we improve it? I think that's <laughs> to have more Maori engineers to have that, like that is a Maori worldview to improve, like to be living in a way that cares for and improves the environment. Like, so how can our projects or projects that we, influence not be better you know mm, exactly yeah exactly all right <laughs> preaching to the choir <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah cool i think that's a brilliant note to end on what do you think yeah i agree cool would you like to close us off with a karakia hi manawa mai te mauri noku manawa mai te mauri rangi ko te mauri kaio e mauri tipua ka pakuru mai tipua tau mai te mauri Homie, huie, taikie. Taikie. And that is it for another episode of the Modern Engineering Podcast. I'll see you back here in a fortnight. Kia ora tato.